The Down in a Heap podcast from Rob C. is one of the only podcasts that I can stand to listen to. I'm Froth from the Thought Eater podcast, and I approve this message. In old school games, life is cheap. I said in old school games, life is cheap. Bring a pole, oil, and rope, or go down in a heap. I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But I don't know about that. Because there's many times that we've loved, and we've shared love, and made love. And it just doesn't seem like it's enough. It's not enough. It's just not enough. Oh, my darling. I can't get enough of your love, babe. Oh, you're my everything. I can't get enough of your love, babe. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Down and Heat podcast. I'm your host, Barry White, podcasting to you live from beautiful Northeast Minneapolis. And if you can't tell, I'm battling uh, quite a cold here. Perfect timing for my vacation. But uh, I had been intending to podcast more often, and <laughs> this is kind of getting in the way as uh, I can't talk very long without having to cough. Like, <coughs> at the top of the show, there, you heard my pal Froth giving me his ringing endorsement. That's the Thought Eater podcast, Thought Eater blog, Froth. Thanks for the kind words. And the bluesy Ray Otis from the Plundergrounds podcast, Verdian Scroll blog, and all the other great things he's made. Unfortunately, we haven't heard Ray on the mic for a long time. Hope you're doing all right, Ray. Thanks for your version of my theme song. I appreciate it. And today we're going to take a look at uh, another one of the goodies I got here in the mail recently. I talked about Gary's Appendix, Volume 1, a few episodes back. Well, I got Volumes 2 and 3 in the mail. And uh, after the recent Kickstarter for Volume 3, I I picked up Volume 2 at the same time. And um, this is uh, brought to you from... uh, Jeff Jones from the uh, RPG Ramblings podcast. And what is Gary's Appendix? It's a collective effort by a creative menagerie to create a memorable zine for fantasy gamers. Uh, So the inspiration for this zine is the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons DM's Guide. Gary wrote and collected a vast amount of information, rules, and guidance. It's haphazard nature and perplexing subjects make it as fresh today as when he penned the work almost 50 years ago. We do not have the audacity to believe that we can produce a work that matches that evergreen classic. We are partakers of the past, who seek to share our works, our journey, and our excitement about the hobby. So this is designed for use with with old-school essentials. It has that kind of uh, endorsing logo on it. Uh, The cover has a couple adventurers at the Mountains of Madness. 
you know, it's like an Arctic kind of scene with these stark mountains and I don't know if it's either a sun and a moon or two suns or two moons in the background and a man standing uh, kind of daunted looking in the foreground with another uh, in the background buried up to his neck in snow with a chest. I like it. I think it's a pretty cool cover. I actually like this cover the best of all three of them. And it was by Jose Chema Gonzalez. Uh, additional art, Brian Glad Lewis, Perplexing Ruins, Dean Spencer, Amanda Lee Frank, and Bert Draws Stuff. Layout, art direction, Jeffrey Jones. Writing, Andrew Tryon. Travis Miller, Zach Goins, Jeffrey Jones, Onslaught 6, Timothy Satley. So, like the issue one of Gary's Appendix, <laughs> and I still can't say that without thinking of uh, Gary's actual appendix being in some reliquary or something. Um, it, it starts out with uh, a bestiary. Bestiary, bestiary, um, and it picks up where it left off. It was going; it's going in alphabetical order here, kind of through the, I think the OSE SRD, um, and each of these uh, monsters: the blank dog, brigand, buccaneer, bugbear, Cacilia, uh carcass crawler. Great Cats and Centaur have an illustration stat block uh, like their special attacks and stuff like that and all that's pretty much lifted straight from OSE, BX, whatever you want to call it but then they have in the bottom little corner here because they're generally two page, two page spreads they have Spore uh, so like for Blink Dogs Spore, The Smell of Ozone the tingle of static electricity, the corpse of a hunted creature. Uh, then they have a kind of a little introduction about the creature and, and then different takes on how they can be used in your, in your campaign setting and how they may be, maybe like an, a mythic origin story or, um, or their behaviors. It's, I think, really well done here. And they, they, um, it does give some interesting ideas on how to utilize some of these monsters and maybe a, a new way, a new approach. So, for instance, um, like the, the old standard brigand is one of the, potential ways to use them is a political slant and they give four instances of how you could maybe use brigands in a different way than like your typical bandit troop or something uh, number one they are warlords who operate in the absence of a kingdom or empire number two they are warlords who operate on the fringes of a kingdom or empire number three they are an army from a neighboring hostile kingdom. And number four, the leader is a former member of royalty that has been removed from power. 
Uh, and of course, each of those four uh, ideas is fleshed out with a few paragraphs. But, you know, it's things like that. The Caecilia, um, I think, was, um, yeah, that this was given kind of a legendary lore, um, kind of a mythic thing. And then talks about how their various, like their their eggs, their castings, their flesh, and their tunnels can all be utilized either by people that scavenge through them or use their tunnels for for layers and stuff like that. So, yeah, this is pretty interesting stuff. And i got to have a little bit of a break, I think, before I start coughing again. So the first article past the bestiary is called The Language Tree, and this is written by Onslaught 6. And it's an effort to sort languages into categories. Uh, you know, in, in so many of the uh, fantasy adventure games, there are so many different languages because there are so many different specific species of monsters, particularly humanoid monsters. Uh, and in most of the rule sets, they have their own language. So even though there's goblins and hobgoblins and bugbears, they all seem to have their own specific language. And there's you know, almost no way that a group of characters will know even you know a quarter of all these languages, even if they all take different ones. So this uh, suggests that you sort the languages into various alphabets. So there's like a base language that is the root uh, language, and then a bunch of other languages fall in line with it and are related somehow. And if you know the root language, <coughs> excuse me, or one of the other languages on the tree, there's a, a chance that you can understand any of the other languages that are in the same alphabet. So this is a interesting idea. It's something I might use. Um, he, he gives an example here. Well, they give an example here of, uh, uh, let's see, of having four alphabets for their campaign setting. One is common, another dragon, giant, and elvish. And in the common alphabet is also under common, deep common, and halfling. And the dragon is lizard man. And the giant is dwarf, kobold, goblin, and gnome. And in elvish alphabet is orc, hobgoblin, knoll, and druidic. So that's just an example that they give. And they give, um, three different methods for resolving unknown languages, how to, you know, what the chances are a character might be able to understand some a, a language they don't know, but, but that maybe they know a related language to. So that's um, a pretty interesting article. The next is called Gamifying Devotion by Andrew Tryon. And this is um, a... Uh, a look at trying to give various monastic orders uh, specific 
vows and they divide them up into uh, alignments. So there's lawful vows, neutral vows, chaotic vows, and how you can gamify those things by having monastic benefits or consequences by either following, uh, rigorously following those vows or breaking with them and, and uh, what, what the consequences might be. So it's kind of just a, a method for creating different monastic orders within, you know, you could have different monastic orders within the same religion, much like there's Franciscans and Benedictines and Cistercians and all that uh, within the Catholic Church. Um, you could do the same thing within some kind of lawful church or a chaotic church. Um, pretty interesting uh, article and uh, something that I think could really help you flesh out some of these these orders or cults or whatever. Um, next order or next article, flip the script by Tim Satley, and it's the idea of using the script as like alternate currencies within different uh, settlements or regions. It's um. This is probably the one that I'd be least likely to use, but it's it's still kind of a interesting take on it. And they provide 16 hooks for using script in a campaign, too. So if you wanted to use this and have, like, a company store where you're only uh, purchasing things with company credit and stuff and having some kind of merchant's guild or company or or noble kind of keep the the peasants down on the farm so to speak by making it impossible to to get out from under the company store and buy goods elsewhere or whatever um that's kind of a interesting idea and uh let's see is this the last article no the second to last is um gary's guidance by trevor miller and this is uh, taking a look at a few sections in the uh, first edition DM's guide about setting up campaigns and dungeons and just kind of his reaction to these things and the lessons learned um, by reading through this again and suggesting that it's a good idea to every once in a while open up that old book and uh, See if you can kind of uh, glean something new from something old again, um, which I think is a very OSR idea. And the last article is a continuation from um, the first Gary's Appendix by Zach Goins. It's Sage Mages. So it's a look at sages that are also spellcasters and, uh, and, how they can influence magical research and some random tables for building books, uh, having odd inks and uh, parchments and whatnot, vellums for various um, material and stuff. So that's pretty cool, too. All in all, this is a, um, a worthy follow-up of the first issue. Uh, I will say that the, there's one fly in the ointment for me and I'm not really sure what caused this because the first issue did not 
suffer from it, but there is a plague of grammatical errors in this issue, um, and quite a few misspellings as well. And I'm not really the I'm reading the third issue right now, and I'm not finding that. And there weren't in the first, so I'm not really sure what happened with issue two. I I, I wonder did the is this a second printing, so to speak? And the wrong file got sent to the printer to fulfill it? Or did the printer use the wrong file? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it really... You can certainly get the right understanding out of these things, but there's just, like, missing words or the wrong words or the wrong version of its, and um, it probably doesn't bother 90% of the population, but I am kind of... Uh, anal retentive when it comes to grammar so I I really those things are really jarring to me and uh, it's just uh, you know something to comment on I guess it's overall I'd say this is a really strong offering and I'd recommend it but it is irritating to have all these grammatical errors and uh, I'm I, I think it's just unique to this issue like I said one and three I'm not I, I don't find that but Again, this has really pretty cool art in it, uh, good articles, and I think is worth your time. And you can find PDFs of this on drive-thru. I think you can also get a print-on-demand there. Um, well, maybe not. It might just be available on drive-thru in PDF form. But that's Gary's Appendix uh, from J Jeffrey Jones, RPG Rambling, Ramblings. Check it out. Um, I'll be doing some more uh podcasting this week uh probably do volume three in addition to some other things i've gotten recently uh to kind of keep osr chugging osr october chugging along but of course it depends on how my, <laughs> how my voice is if i completely lose it or not and all that so uh, thanks for listening to my froggy throat today and uh if you have any comments Feel free to email any voice messages to bigbalboni at gmail.com. And until I talk to you again, uh, don't go down in a heap like I have. <laughs>